Hey, welcome to episode number 139 of the podcast, More Than Bread. I just want to take a, a moment and, and say thanks to those of you who've been joining me on this journey into the Psalms, to, to those who have been with me since the beginning of this podcast, when we started with a 40-day read-through of the New Testament, to, and to those who are just getting started. Thanks for tuning in. The, the title of this podcast comes from a declaration made more than once in both the Old Testament and the New Testament about the value of the words of God. The, the declaration, we need more than bread, which for the people of biblical times was the core of their meal. We need more than bread for life. We need every word, Jesus said, every word that comes from the mouth of God. Words from God for our souls are more important to our thriving than bread for our stomachs. Now, if this podcast is a meal, I'm telling you, it's not a fancy meal. You're, you're not getting the fine china or fancy food presentations. It's more like meat and potato on paper plates. Maybe every once in a while, it's barbecue. <laughs> this podcast doesn't have the background music, multiple voices, or sponsors. It's just me and the Bible, and, and hopefully the Spirit of God. Because, <laughs> and if you've been with me long enough, you can almost say this with me, when the Spirit of God breathes life into the people of God through the Word of God, man, thriving is at hand. So far on this podcast, we've made our way through the whole New Testament in 40 episodes. We did a deep dive into two Gospels, the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John. And for the last couple of months, we've been in the Psalms. I've called it Top 40 Psalms. My my top 40, my top 40 out of the 150. But you may know that I've also invited you to share with me your top psalm and 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 maybe... Maybe I'll put that in the list. While we are nearing the end, if you have a favorite that I haven't done, let me know. I'll see what I can do. Just email me at dan at calvarysc.org. In fact, our psalm for this episode, Psalm 113, was given to me as a favorite of Margaret. Psalm 113 holds a unique place among the psalms. It's one of the Hallel Psalms, which are a group of psalms, Psalm 113 to Psalm 118, that are traditionally recited during Jewish Jewish feasts and celebrations, including the, the Passover. So let's dive in. I'm, I'm going to read this psalm from a translation that's a bit newer to me, but one that I've been enjoying lately. It's called the Christian Standard Bible, CSB. Hallelujah. The psalmist starts, hallelujah. Give praise, servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be blessed both now and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, let the name of the Lord be praised. The Lord is exalted above all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, the one enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the trash heap in order to seat them with nobles, with the nobles of his people. He gives the childless woman a household making her the joyful mother of children. Hallelujah. If I had to give a title to the psalm, if I had to hold out the theme that impacts me the most when I read it, it would be the psalmist's vision of a high and humble God. High and humble God. Let the name of the Lord be blessed. The very name of the Lord is to be praised. He is exalted above the nations. His glory surpasses the heights of heaven, the psalmist writes. And yet he stoops down. He bows low. He lifts up the poor from the dust. He humbles himself, comes down to our level. He reigns in majesty, and he brings his heart close to the most vulnerable. It, 
It reminds me a little bit of Mary's song in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56. After God gave her a household and, and made her the joyful mother of children, she sang this song. And I don't know, I kind of imagine her singing it over Jesus that first Christmas. My soul magnifies the Lord, she sang. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. You know, in a lot of ways, Mary's song is a subversive song filled with hope, filled with hope in the high and humble God. Scott McKnight has written a whole book on the subversive Mary, and he writes, This Mary utters poetry fit for a political rally, goes toe-to-toe with Herod the Great, musters her motherliness to reprimand her Messiah son for dallying at the temple. This Mary followed Jesus all the way to the cross, not just as a mother, but as a disciple, even after his closest followers deserted him. She she leads us to a Christmas even that, that's marked by a yearning for justice and the courage to fight for it. Like other women of her time, she may have worn a robe and a veil, but I suspect her sleeves were rolled up and her veil askew more often than not. And where does it start? It starts with, my soul magnifies the Lord. He is high. He is to be exalted. His glory is over all the earth. People often call Mary's song the Magnificent because its first words include, my soul magnifies the Lord. In other words, her God filled her up. When, when she looked at life through the eyes of her heart, all she could see was God magnified. We, we all magnify something, right? And what we magnify becomes our hope. It's part of the human condition. Our souls were created to magnify something. We, we often call it worship. To magnify something is to let something just become huge in your life. Your, your mind wanders to it when thoughts pause. You, you doodle it as you take notes in class. And soon it gives birth to your desires and, and it even shapes your identity. Your, your hope is tied to getting more of what you magnify. So what do you magnify? Success, health, worry, problems, money, sex, approval, security, beauty, friends, family, stuff. What do you magnify? Mary magnify the Lord. And, and here's the principle. What I magnify will fill me up. Now, it's not always the case that what fills up our lives will also satisfy our hearts. And, and that's why sometimes we just keep magnifying the next thing. We're simply trying to find something that will satisfy. And instead, we're la- left asking And is that all there is? But listen, that's how God made us. Be thankful that your children cannot be satisfied with dollar store stuff. God made us to hunger and yearn for something more. He created this emptiness that can be filled but not satisfied. It's magnifying the wrong thing that leaves us ultimately unsatisfied. But Mary magnified the Lord. The Lord is high and lifted up and exalted and his glory is over all the earth. And Mary magnified the Lord. And in doing so, what she found was that down is the new up (laughs) because he's the high and humble God. When my kids were little, I used to sing to them. Some of you are thinking, yeah, we've already heard how you love to scare your kids when they were little, but this was different. 
I had three songs when they were little, and whenever I was holding them, these three songs I would sing over and over and over again until they were quiet. One was Jesus Loves the Little Children, All the Children of the World. That would lead into an old Gaither song, Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, there's just something about that name. And from there into his name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus, my Lord. And if that didn't get them to sleep, I started in on, I'm going to give you to your mom if you don't go to sleep right now. I I love thinking about Mary holding Jesus, singing him her song. My soul magnifies the Lord. He who is mighty has done great things and holy is his name. He's scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He's filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent away empty. This was Mary's song. And how often will we see this song sung in Jesus' life and teaching in the years to come? The last will be first. The poor will rule in the kingdom of God. The servants will be your leaders. The least will be the greatest. And those who give their life for others will find more life than they ever imagined. This is Mary's song. The humble will be lifted up. This high and humble God loves to lift up the low and humble people. And that brings to mind another scripture, Paul's words in in Philippians chapter 2. It's sometimes called the kenosis passage. Kenosis is a Greek word that that, that means to empty. This is the emptying passage in Philippians 2 verses 3 through 11 where, where Paul writes, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but instead in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interest, but rather to the interest of others. Have this same attitude in you as that which was in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but instead he emptied himself, freely emptied himself, becoming a servant. As a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even a death on the cross. And for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, Jesus is high and humble, the name above every other name. And one day every knee will bow and acknowledge the heights of God. And yet he emptied himself. He stooped down. He came low. He came as a servant humbled himself all the way to the cross. And this is the attitude we're called to copy. Francis Chan tells a story about a Jesus apprentice named Vaughn. Chan shared a few years ago, a missionary came to our church and told a beautiful story about sharing the gospel with a remote tribe in Papua New Guinea. At the end of the story, this missionary said, you know, I should really give the credit to Vaughn, my former youth pastor who loved me and inspired me to live for Christ and share the gospel with others. The next week, another guy came to our church, and he challenged us to start sponsoring kids living in poverty. The second speaker also concluded by saying, I'm involved in this ministry because of my youth pastor, a guy named Vaughn. (laughs) They were from the same youth group. The next week, another speaker named Dan told about his ministry at a rescue mission, and afterwards, Chan casually mentioned to him, you know, it's so weird. The last two weeks, both of our speakers mentioned how much impact their youth pastor, Vaughn, had on them. Dan looked kind of surprised and said, I I know Vaughn. 
He's a pastor in San Diego now. He takes people into the dumps in Tijuana where kids are picking through the garbage. I, I was just there with him. He, he said we'd walk in the city and these kids would run up to him and he would show such deep love and affection for them. He'd hug them and give them gifts and food, even figure out how to get them showers. Francis, he said it was eerie. The whole time I was with Vaughn, I kept thinking if Jesus was on earth, I think this is what it would feel like to walk with him. He just loved everyone he ran into, and he would tell them about God, and, and people were drawn to his love and affection. And then Dan said this, he said, the day I spent with Vaughn was the closest thing I've ever experienced to walking with Jesus. That story grabs my heart, and it makes me ask, would anyone who took a walk with me say that about me? And I, I just think, if I could come to the end of my life and have someone say, wow, I imagine that if I spent a day with him, it would be a bit, just a bit like spending a day with Jesus. This is my prayer for the days ahead, that we would come to be a bit more like Jesus, a bit more like humble Jesus. We focus too much on exalted Jesus. We, we want to be like exalted Jesus, in control and having the power, and everybody look to us. But we need to be a bit more like humble Jesus. I mean, ask yourself, what, what if Jesus lived in my house? Or zoom out about a bit, what, what if Jesus lived in my neighborhood? The humble, always looking out for others, Jesus. The encouraging, sympathetic Jesus. The Jesus who always makes you feel like you're the most important person in the world. Just, I mean, take a moment and imagine that open spot in your neighborhood. Last week, you walked past the empty space and, and you wondered who would fill it. And then move-in day comes, little truck pulls up, not much stuff. Single guy, early 30s, always got a smile. So one day you walk over to meet him. After all, your pastor won't stop talking about being a good neighbor. So you introduce yourself and he tells you his name is Jesus from Nazareth, creator, savior, son of God. <laughs> How would that change your neighborhood? I'm not talking about some crazy guy who thinks he's Jesus. What do you do with next door Jesus? See, here's what I think. It probably wouldn't take more than a day or two to get past the what does he think of me phase, moving quickly into the I just love being with him phase. Can we get together, Jesus? If Jesus lived next door, I think we'd do absolutely everything we could to introduce him to absolutely everyone we know. Why? Because there's no one quite like Jesus. And if he lived in my house, well, doesn't he? live in our house? I mean, isn't this Paul's encouragement in the heart of Mary's song? Isn't this the God we follow in Psalm 113? He emptied himself and took the form of a servant and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I mean, ponder for a moment these descriptions of Christ specifically tied to the incarnation, his stooping low, his humbling himself, his coming to earth, the humbling part. He, he emptied himself of his entitlements. What he deserved, he didn't hold on to with a death-like grip. He emptied himself. He didn't grasp for power, privilege, or place. Laying aside his glory and leaving home, he was formed as a servant. Mark 10 says, whoever wants, these are the words of Jesus, whoever wants to become great must become a servant, because this is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve and not to be served. My goodness, don't we want that to be some sort of metaphor? I mean, sure, Jesus came to serve and not to be served, but that was a temporary interruption in the normal experience of his life. And now seated at the right hand of God with a name that ranks number one in the universe, he's able once again to take his rightful place among the ranks of those who are served. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't think this is what Paul is saying. 
I mean, what if servanthood was not a temporary interruption for Jesus? What if it was a deeper revelation of the character of God? In other words, what if Jesus came as a servant, not to hide the fact that he was God, but to show us who God really is? He took the form of a servant and was humbled on a cross. That Greek word humble, it literally means low. He stooped low. Is there there any other trait like humility that God values so differently from us? We run from humility while God goes to battle against pride. We can barely get our minds around the idea that we're not the center of the world. Think about this Jesus, the most humble person to ever walk the face of the earth. And ask yourself, am I seeking to be like him? (laughs) Let me read the psalm again. A psalm about our high and humble God. This time from the New Living Translation. Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from east to west. Praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared with the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? Who stoops to look down? Who stoops to look down? Who goes low? Who humbles himself? Who stoops to look down on heaven and on earth? He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the childless woman a family, making her a happy mother. Praise the Lord. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you that you are high and exalted. We magnify you in our lives. We we want to magnify you more. God, I'm asking that you would become huge in our lives. I'm asking that you would become huge in the life of every person listening to me. You are worthy to be magnified. You are high and lifted up. Our souls magnify you, God. But we also thank you that you are not just high, you're humble that you are the high and humble God, that in Jesus we see the heart of God, in Jesus we see the face of God, and in Jesus we see God stooping low to each and every one of us. And we thank you for that. We we thank you for coming low, and, and we pray that you would help us to be the same. We pray that you would help us to not be the people who strive after power. We pray that you would help us to not be the people who prize pride, but that we would be the people who value humility, that we would stoop down, that we would celebrate the fact that you have stooped down to us. Jesus, we thank you that you have a name that is exalted above every other name, but even more than that, we thank you for showing us the very character, the very heart of God, the God who is a servant. And Father, I know that there are people listening right now who need to be served by their high and humble God. Would you serve them? Would you go to work in their lives? Would you show them that you can be trusted? Would you pour your spirit out upon them? We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus, the high and humble one. In his name we pray, amen.